The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Before we jump into today's topic, allow me to take just a moment to thank today's show sponsor, which is Organifi. You guys know how I feel about Organifi. It is my go-to. In fact, this is so refreshing. I have a glass of ice, fresh water mixed with pure and immunity. It's got just enough citrus. That's two of their products mixed together. I don't know if everybody likes the taste of that. I do. I love it. It's like an orange flavor. The immunity kind of tastes like orange. And then the pure has a lemony taste. And I mix two of them together. And that way I get everything I need for my immunity, my antiviral, my antifungal. It's just a great way to support your immune system every single day. And then I mix that with my Organifi Pure, which is, it's basically all the superfoods that your brain needs to help reach maximum mental performance. In other words, it's what I drink to help me think better, to help my memory, to increase neurogenesis. And get this, this is the other reason why I drink it. Their product is clinically proven to boost BDNF brain-derived neurotropic factor by up to 142%. Anyways, they've got tons of great products. Whatever your nutritional needs might be lacking or your palate might be craving, Organifi is definitely the company to check out. All right, guys, the cool news, you get 20% off all of their products when you use code Chalene. Again, it's Organifi, and I'm going to spell it O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. That's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen, and you get 20% off. Hey, welcome to The Shaleen Show. Thanks so much for being here. I am sitting on a bed looking at the Aegean Sea. I'm in Mykonos, Greece. In the next couple of days, we will be island hopping. I'm staring out over a beautiful blue ocean. It's filled with yachts, and I'm super happy. I'm super relaxed. I'm super content. But do you have to be on vacation to be happy? Can we be happy in our everyday lives? And what about those people who, when you do go on vacation and when amazing things are happening and when you should be happy, you're not happy? How do we explain that? How do we understand that? It's said that right now people are more unhappy. In fact, in a recent survey, Americans in particular are the unhappiest they have ever been in the last 50 years. And it's happening around the globe. It's not your location. It's not what's going on in your life. There's a neuroscience to happiness. So today I have invited on my friend and one of the most renowned brain health experts, a New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Daniel Amen. He is specifically going to tackle this topic. He's going to explain to us, he's going to help us understand from a neurological standpoint what it is that makes us happy or unhappy and how to get unstuck when we aren't feeling happy. In this takeover episode, Dr. Amen shares with us the seven secrets to happiness. Okay, Dr. Amen, take it away. Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Amen, and I am so excited because we are going to go on a happiness journey. Americans are the unhappiest they have been since the Great Depression, and they're all sorts of 
of reasons for that. But what we discovered here at Amen Clinics is you can learn to be happier if you put the seven neuroscience secrets, seven neuroscience questions in your life every day. And I just couldn't be more excited to share this with you. Happiness is a moral obligation. You know, when I grew up, that idea was nowhere to be found. But think about it. If you were married to an unhappy spouse or raised by an unhappy parent, I assure you, you would think, that happiness is an ethical issue. It's how we impact other people. So let's get started. Secret number one, know your brain type. Happiness is different for everyone. And so the question for this secret is, am I focused on what makes me uniquely happy? Happiness is not one size fits all. You need to target happiness strategies to your brain type. What makes one person happy might make another person anxious, bored, or irritated. After looking at over 200,000 spec scans in our database, we've identified five primary brain types related to happiness and personality. Type one is what we call the balanced brain type. These people are focused, they have good impulse control, they're conscientious, flexible, positive, resilient, and emotionally stable. People with this balanced brain type are happiest having healthy relationships, meaningful work, financial security, and following the rules. But chaos, too much risk-taking, people who are late, or being with undependable or negative people makes the balanced brain type unhappy. Now, compare that with the spontaneous brain type. They are spur of the moment. They like risk. They're curious. And they have a very wide range of interests. But they also tend to be impulsive, have a short attention span, and have some type of ADD. Spontaneous brain types love novelty, trying new things, surprises, brainstorming, creative projects. They have multiple interests. Some of them like extreme sports, watching scary movies, and getting a rise out of other people. But boredom, repetition, idleness, deadlines, having to wait in line makes the spontaneous brain type unhappy. They often have sleepy activity in the front part of their brain, which is what we see with ADD. Type three is called the persistent brain type. They're strong-willed, love routine and rituals, but they can also get stuck on thoughts, hold grudges, they tend to be rigid, and notice what they don't like about themselves and others. They can also be argumentative and oppositional, and some may even struggle with obsessions or compulsions. This type loves being in charge, having the respect of others, along with predictability,
being autonomous and sticking to a routine. Failure, being told no, having the rules changed, having to wait, or being around people who don't follow through makes the persistent type unhappy. This type has too much activity in the front part of the brain, often associated with OCD, but also with these personality types. Type four is the sensitive brain type. Their emotional brain tends to be busy. They're deeply feeling, empathic. They tend to need relationships, but also can be moody, pessimistic, and struggle with what I call ants or automatic negative thoughts that you're going to learn about. They're happiest with close, meaningful relationships and when they have a strong sense of purpose. They love walks in nature, deep conversations, and creative outlets for their emotions. What makes a sensitive type unhappy is when they feel socially disconnected. The pandemic was very hard on this group. Type five is the cautious brain type. Their anxiety centers tend to be elevated in the brain. They're prepared early for appointments not big risk takers, and motivated. They can also struggle with anxiety and predicting the worst. They tend to love calming activities like meditation, hypnosis, hikes in nature, warm baths or saunas, chaos, the news, too much to do, running late tends to make them unhappy. It's common to have more than one brain type. And brain type 6 to 16, there's 16 brain types altogether, are actually combinations of brain types 2 to 5. Now, I want to quickly talk about the chemicals of happiness and how they relate to brain types. So the balanced brain type actually has a balance of these chemicals. People who are spontaneous tend to have low dopamine, activity. People with the persistent type tend to have low serotonin activity. So that's why they can struggle with their mood, sleep, and flexibility. Oxytocin is called the molecule of love because of the way it enhances bonding and trusting relationships. It tends to be low in the sensitive brain types. Endorphins are feel-good brain chemicals released by the body during a workout or physical exertion. That's why exercise helps the sensitive type. And GABA is a calming neurotransmitter that helps to settle things down, tends to be lower in the cautious brain type. Secret number two, optimize the physical functioning of your brain. Your brain is the organ of happiness. And if your brain's not right, you're not going to be happy. And question for this secret is whatever you do as you go through your day, just ask yourself, is this good for my brain or bad for it? I actually did a study here at Amen Clinics with 500 consecutive patients. And we gave them, like we gave you, the Oxford happiness questionnaire. And then we scanned everybody. That's what we do here at Amen Clinics. And we looked at people who had high levels of happiness versus low levels of happiness. And it was so 
clear. Happiness is a brain function. If you have healthy activity in the front part of your brain, you are much more likely to be happy than if you had low activity in the front part of your brain. And one of the big lessons I've learned about brain health, I mean, brain health is basically three things. Brain envy, you got to care about it. We say Freud was wrong. Penis envy is not the cause of anybody's problem. You got to care about your brain. Then avoid things that hurt it and do things that help it. It's like, so how do you know the list? Well, we created a great mnemonic called Bright Minds. So if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it if it's headed for trouble, you have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. You want to prevent Alzheimer's disease? You want to have a good mood? You want to be happier? You have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And the mnemonic, again, is bright minds. B is for blood flow. Low blood flow is the number one brain imaging predictor of Alzheimer's disease. It's also associated with ADHD and depression, head trauma. You also get low blood flow, little to no exercise. If you have hypertension, or any form of heart disease. You want to get happier, exercise, because it increases blood flow to the brain. Foods like beets and cayenne pepper increase blood flow to the brain. And supplements like ginkgo can help increase blood flow to the brain. In Bright Minds, the R is for retirement and aging. The older you get, the more serious you need to be about brain health, because you just don't have the reserve you had when you were younger. Risk for retirement and aging, no new learning, including at your job, loneliness, and social isolation. So you can see why the pandemic was just a disaster for happiness. For retirement and aging, you want to make new learning part of your everyday life. Also, get involved with other people, family, church, volunteer, whatever you can do. The eye in bright minds is for inflammation. Inflammation comes from the Latin word to set a fire. And when you have inflammation in your body, it's like you have a low-level fire destroying all your organs, including your brain. So what increases the risk for inflammation? Processed foods high glycemic foods, foods that quickly turn to sugar, having gum disease or an unhealthy gut. Strategies to lower inflammation, and this is really important if you've had COVID and you might have long COVID or depression after COVID, is we need to decrease inflammation in your body. So an anti-inflammatory diet, we'll talk about diet coming up, supplements such as fish oil, probiotics, curcumins, and take care of your mouth, right? Gum disease, high inflammation, I am a flossing fool. The G in Bright Minds is for genetics. People often get genetics wrong. It's like, oh, I have this in my family. It's not my fault. Like I have obesity in my family, but I'm not overweight. Why? I know my risk. Genes aren't a death sentence. What they should be 
is a wake-up call. And so the strategy for genetics, know your family history, know your vulnerability, and get serious about prevention as soon as possible. The H in bright minds is for head trauma, head injuries, even without a loss of consciousness, increased depression, and your risk for unhappiness and dementia. So the strategy is protect your head. Stop texting while you're driving. T in bright minds is for toxins. There are many things that are toxic to the brain. Smoking, vaping, drugs, alcohol, mold, pesticide, toxic products, even anesthesia can be toxic for the brain. The strategies avoid anything that's potentially toxic and then support the four organs of detoxification. So your kidneys drink more water, your gut eat more fiber and choose organic foods, your liver quit smoking and drinking and eat, we call them brassicas, they're detoxifying vegetables, and skin sweat with exercise and take saunas. One of my favorite things to do because just one sauna has been found to have antidepressant effects. The M in Bright Minds is for mental health. Things like depression, anxiety disorders, ADHD, PTSD, OCD, get them treated because they increase your risk, not only for unhappiness, but also for dementia. Exercise, increase omega-3 fatty acids and kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness. The I is for immunity and infections. We're in a pandemic world. Risk factors, if you had COVID or you had Lyme or you have a low vitamin D level, strategies boost your vitamin D. Test your level so you know where it's at. And then there are foods that boost immunity, especially onions, mushrooms, and garlic. And uh, you want to be so serious. N is for neurohormones. You should have them tested because low thyroid, low testosterone, low estrogen and progesterone in females, your brain is not going to be right. So every year, test and optimize your hormones. D is for diabetes. This one's a disaster in our society with 72% overweight, 42% of us obese, 50% have diabetes or pre-diabetes. Diabetes is a combination of being overweight and having blood sugar. Either one of them, being overweight or having high blood sugar, is a risk for unhappiness and dementia. Eliminate sugar, be calorie smart, and ask yourself, is this good for my brain or bad for it? Do I love it? And does it love me back? And the S is for sleep. If you have insomnia, if you're taking sleeping pills, if you have sleep apnea where you snore loudly, stop breathing at night, you got to get them assessed and treated because when you sleep, your brain washes itself. And if you're not sleeping right, trash builds up and you will be unhappy. So target seven to eight hours a night, make sleep a priority. Practice good sleep hygiene habits. And you can find out more about this by taking the memory rescue quiz. Get your labs done to learn about what your important numbers are. Secret number three, supplement. 
your brain. There's a whole list of supplements that can boost your mood and your level of happiness. And so question three is, am I supplementing my unique brain every day? I've been following the science of nutraceuticals since I first ordered my first spec scan in 1991. This scan showed me that many psychiatric medications like benzos for anxiety, sleeping medications and opiates for pain had a toxic effect on brain function. This deeply concerned me. So I started looking for science-based natural supplements as an alternative. The basics, every brain type needs to be happy, multiple vitamin every day. We are a society that's deficient in many of them. Vitamin D, I want you to know your level and optimize it. Omega-3 fatty acids and probiotics. Did you know probiotics actually means for life? And then based on your brain type. So for example, the balanced brain type does really well just with multiple vitamin, omega-3s, vitamin D, and probiotics. So that's for all brain types. For the spontaneous, I also like brain MD product, Focus and Energy, ashwagandha, rhodiola, green tea, choline. It's a natural way to support your focus. For the cautious brain type, often low in serotonin, we make something called serotonin mood support with 5-HTP, natural precursor for serotonin, and saffron. You'll see I'm a huge fan of saffron. For the sensitive brain type, I love happy saffron. I actually take that every day, saffron, zinc, and curcumins. It's a very special product. And the cautious brain type, low in GABA, we make something called GABA calming. So for everybody, multiple vitamin, fish oil, optimize your vitamin D, probiotics, that's just sort of foundational. And then know your brain type and you can target the supplements specifically to you. Secret four, Choose foods you love that love you back. You are in a relationship with food. How many of you have been in a bad relationship? I have, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm married to my best friend. So question four is, do I choose foods I love that love me back? When you think of happy foods, what do you think about? A lot of people... Think about pizza or ice cream, chips. These so-called happy foods might make you feel good in the moment, but in the long run, they contribute to depression, stress, and anxiety. Most of the things we think of as happy foods are actually sad foods. Here are nine rules for brain-happy eating. One. Choose foods that make you happy now and later. Two, high quality calories and not too many of them. A lot of people tell you calories don't matter. They flunked K. 
chemistry. Of course they matter. But the quality of your calories actually matters more. Three, hydrate to be happier. Your brain is 80% water. So your body is 70% water, but water is even more important to your brain. Four, high quality protein and fat at every meal because they help satiate you. We used to be in this society that demonized fat. It was wrong. 60% of the solid weight of your brain is fat, but you want to make it healthy fat. Avocados, nuts and seeds, green leafy vegetables, healthy oils. Five, smart carbohydrates. So there's a difference. There are dumb carbohydrates and smart carbohydrates. Smart carbohydrates, low glycemic, which means they don't raise your blood sugar, filled with fiber. Dumb carbohydrates, sugar, and foods that quickly turn to sugar, they actually decrease your IQ over time. Six, brain-healthy herbs and spices. You already said I love saffron, and I do because it can boost your mood. But I'm also a huge fan of rosemary, thyme, oregano, help to boost blood flow, cinnamon, cayenne pepper. Think of pharmacy, F-A-R-M, pharmacy, because spices and herbs are like medicine and have been used for medicine for thousands of years. Seven, I want you to think of eating clean to keep your body happy. What that means is avoid processed foods, extra food additives, and high sugar foods. Eight, fight depression and other happiness-draining issues with a month-long elimination diet. Now, for some of you, you're going to say this is hard, but is one of the most important things I do for my patients just for a month. Eliminate gluten, corn, dairy, soy, artificial dyes, and sweeteners. And then add things back one at a time to see if anything you're eating is stealing your happiness. Nine, intermittent fasting. I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting, which means between your last meal and the next one, Try to go 12 to 16 hours. And if you do that, you'll notice actually your weight is better. And it produces something called autophagy in the brain, which means your brain actually does a better job of cleaning up the trash that builds up during the day. And it's not hard. So for example, if you have dinner at six o'clock at night, don't eat again until 10 o'clock the next morning. I have so many patients who do that type of fasting that get so many benefits, including being happier. Food is so important. And everybody's in a routine. People go, oh, it's hard. It's like, no, being sick is hard. You got to get your mindset right about this. And what I tell my patients is you only have to get 20 meals you love that love you back. So for example, I have a brain healthy shake every morning. That's breakfast for me. I had it this morning. And if I don't want that, I'll have 
like a couple of eggs and half an avocado. For you, just find things you love because we tend to be creatures of habit. Do it over and over again, but over and over again with things you love that love you back. Secret five, master your mind and gain psychological distance from the noise in your head. So important to master your mind. Mental discipline is a secret of happiness. And actually two questions. One, is it true? Whenever you get a thought that comes in your head, just ask yourself if it's true. You're going to find out I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of accurate thinking. And then the other question to ask yourself every day to get mental discipline is what went well today? We're going to focus nudge your mind to be more positive. I love this concept. I term positivity bias training. Now, I'm not a fan of positive thinking. Positive thinking is you can have this third piece of cheesecake and it won't bother you. You can have this six pack of beer and it's not going to negatively impact you. So not a fan of positive thinking. Positivity bias training is just nudging your brain to be more positive in a healthy way. The father of positive psychology, Dr. Marty Seligman, influenced me in this area. He helped shift the field of psychology away from only treating mental illness toward human flourishing. He helped develop positive interventions to make people happier. Positive psychology has five key aspects. One, helps us look at life with optimism. Two, allows us to appreciate the present because that's all you have. Three, lets us accept and make peace with the past. Four, helps us be more grateful and more forgiving. And five, encourages us to look beyond momentary pleasures and pain of life. Positivity bias training can help you focus on what's right rather than what's wrong so you become happier and overcome negativity. Here are nine positivity bias training exercises. So see which of these you like. I do all nine of them. One, start every morning by saying, today is going to be a great day. I love that exercise. It's so helpful, so important. And it nudges your mind to look for what's right. Two, record your daily micro moments of happiness for later viewing. I actually, as I go through my day, like this morning, I made a decaf cappuccino latte for my wife. And the first sip, I love the first sip. Or live in a community where there are hummingbirds. And they just always make me happy. If you want to cultivate happiness, you don't have to look for the big things, the little things from, you know, holding my granddaughter's hand, watching her develop. It gives me goosebumps. Three, express gratitude and appreciation as often as possible. I think of appreciation, you tell someone else why you're grateful for them, is gratitude squared. Four, show empathy and kindness 
To others, you're really sad. Get outside of yourself and help someone else. Five, focus on your strengths and accomplishments. I have seen many famous people and one of the musicians, singers that I've seen sold 400 million records. But he was so focused on an article that was written by Rolling Stone when he was 16. And this is like five decades later. And I'm like, your homework is go write down your accomplishments. And when he came back, he had balanced his mind and it was so helpful. That is a very good thing to do. Six, train yourself to live in the present moment. When I get upset, I feel my feet in my shoes. <laughs> you know, just anchor yourself to the present moment so you can get out of the past with regret or the future with fear. Seven, become more positive by killing the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness. Whenever you feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. Just ask yourself, is it true? Eight, find more fun and laughter in your life. So I love Rodney Dangerfield. So if I'm feeling sad, I'll just go listen to some of his old performances. And it just it's hysterical, makes me happy. And nine, and this is, if it's not my favorite, it's one of my favorites. And every day by asking yourself, what went well today? Every night I put myself to sleep, I say a prayer, and then I go, what went well today? And I miss so many cool things because, you know, probably like you, I'm busy. I miss all those cool things. But when I review my day, not looking at what's wrong, but by looking at what went well, it actually sets my dreams up to be more positive. And then you sleep better, which means you're going to be better the next day. Secret number six, notice what you like about others more than what you don't. Happiness is relationships. When your relationships are better, you are happier. And oh, by the way, with this secret, notice what you like about others more than what you don't. You'll be making other people happier too. And question six is, am I reinforcing the behaviors I like or the behaviors I dislike in others today by what I notice? You are powerful. You get what you pay attention to. So a long time ago, I was a child psychiatry fellow in Honolulu, Hawaii. And at the time, my son, who I adopted when he was two, was hard for me. He tended to be oppositional and argumentative, and and it broke my heart. Because one of the reasons I adopted him is I wanted to love him. And I just felt ineffective. And so I went to my professor, who was my supervisor, and I was telling her, about my son. And she said, I need you to spend more time with him. And that Saturday, I took him to a place called Sea Life Park. 
on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. And it's sort of like SeaWorld. And we had a great day. I took him to the killer whale show and that was fun. And then we went to the dolphin show and that was really fun. Then we went and saw the sea lions and all the cool tricks they could do. But at the end of the day, we caught the last show for Fat Freddy. And Fat Freddy was this super cute, fat penguin. And he had his own show. And my son, Anthony, we sat down together and Freddie comes on stage, climbs high dive, diving board. So he climbs all the steps. And to watch a penguin do that was so cool. He goes to the edge of the diving board, bounces, and then jumps in the water. And I'm like, whoa, there's a little dopamine squirt right there. And then he gets out of the water and he counts with his flippers, bowls with his nose, jumps through a hoop of fire. And I'm like, wow. And at the end of the show, the trainer asked Freddie to go get something. And Freddie got it and he brought it right back. And in my mind, the world stopped because I asked this kid to get something for me and he wants to have a discussion for like 20 minutes. And then he doesn't want to do it. And I knew my son was smarter than the penguin. And so afterwards, I go up to the trainer and I'm like, how'd you get Freddie to do all those really cool things? No lie. She looked at my son and then she looked at me and she said, unlike parents, whenever Freddie does anything like what I want him to do, I notice him. I give him a hug and I give him a fish. And the light went on in my head that even though my son didn't like raw fish, that whenever he did what I wanted him to do, I didn't pay any attention to him because I sort of like my dad that way. But when he didn't do what I wanted him to do, I gave him a lot of attention because I didn't want to raise bad children. So I was inadvertently making things worse. So I collect penguins as a way to remind myself to notice what I like about other people more than what I don't like. I mean, what do you think would have happened if Freddie was having a bad day and all of a sudden the trainer started yelling at him or got a stick and started beating him? Freddie would have never done anything for her again because he wouldn't trust her, that she would be a source of anxiety. She'd be a source of fear. She'd be a source of stress. And so are you a source of anxiety, fear, or stress for others? Or are you shaping others by what you pay attention to? There is a wealth of research that reveals that noticing loving behavior and rewarding them leads to even more positive behavior. It's called positive reinforcement. And decades of science show it works. For example, a married couple who give each other five times more positive comments than negative ones 
are significantly less likely to get divorced. The same goes for business relationships. Workers who exchange five times more positive comments than negative ones are significantly more likely to be high performing. And secret seven, so important, live each day based on clearly defined values, purpose, and goals. If you don't tell your brain what you want, it will never get it for you. And question seven, I love this. If I was going to get a tattoo, I would tattoo it on myself. Does it fit? Does my behavior today fit the goals I have for my life? I can't tell you the number of patients that I've seen that have never written out their goals in a clear way. Almost all businesses have business plans. Here at Amon Clinics, we have a one-page strategic plan, and that's how we manage, because we ask ourselves every day, does our behavior fit what we have? So ultimately, you have to ask yourself, why do you care? Values, purpose, and goals. So here's how to find your core values. Step one, choose your important characteristics. So think of one to two traits in each of the four circles of health. And I haven't talked about the four circles of health, but whenever I assess someone, I'm always thinking of them as whole people. So for example, biological circle, which is brain health and body health. The psychological circle is your mind. The social circle, your relationships and what's going on in society. And the spiritual circle is your relationship with God. And why do you care? So just in summary, there's a biology, there's a psychology, there's a social circle and spiritual circle. So for each of those circles, pick a value or two. So for me, brain health and energy for biological, psychological, authenticity, living the message of my life, and happiness, that's why we're here, social circle, significance and connection, and spiritual circle, my values are my relationship with God, and having compassion for others. So step two, look to your heroes. Think of two to three heroes, past and present, that you admire most in your life, and write down the values you think that represent their lives. Your heroes can be people you know personally, public figures, or even entities, such as the fire department, a sports team, a school, anyone who has inspired you. So for me, it's my grandfather, kindness, and my father, hard work. And those are really important to me. Step three, review your values, observe yourself, and learn over time what values you want and how they impact your life. Write them down and post them where you can see them often. I look at mine on a regular basis. Actually, I look at mine as I review with patients. 
And so the question is, does it fit? Ask yourself if your behaviors fit your core values. So one of mine is authenticity, which means I need to live the message. The message of my life, obviously, is brain health. And so am I being authentic? But this is happiness. If you ask yourself these every day, these questions, your level of happiness is going to start to soar. And I want to just go back through the seven secrets and seven questions of happiness. Now, hopefully you understand why they're all there. Secret number one, know your brain type. Hopefully you took the brain health assessment. And question one is, am I focused on what makes me uniquely happy each day? Secret two is optimize the physical functioning of your brain. Your brain is the organ of happiness. Question two, is this good for my brain or bad for it? Secret number three is supplement your unique brain. Question three, am I taking my supplements for my unique brain every day? Secret four, choose foods you love that love you back. Question four is, do I choose foods I love? I love everything I eat that loves me back. Secret five, master your mind and gain psychological distance from the noise in your head. Now you understand the questions. Is it true? And what went well today? Secret six, notice what you like about others more than what you don't. Increase your happiness and theirs too. Question six, am I reinforcing the behaviors I like or dislike in others today? And secret number seven, live each day based on clearly defined values, purpose, and goals. And question seven, does it fit? Does my behavior today fit the goals I have for my life? I am hoping that you are happier But if you still find you struggle with anxiety, with depression, with an addiction, call Eamon Clinics. We are here for you because sometimes your brain's not healthy. And once we scan it and know, we can often get a plan for you to be happier than you've ever been. I'm Dr. Daniel Eamon. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. The Shaleen Show was released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business and marketing, and it's devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. If you'd like more of Shaleen with more personal content, and I mean personal content, be sure to check out her Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Shaleen Show. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.